0: Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Rose- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What are- where Allison- do you, you come from, Greg? <laughs> I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't eat them A lot of our listeners Actually tell us They don't have kids We talk about sex We talk about all sorts Of dirty stuff But also parenting stuff Yeah so Check out Childish New episodes every Wednesday Wherever you listen to podcasts Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm very excited to welcome back to the show a household name, someone you probably grew up with or have recently fallen in love with, or I don't know, there's all sorts of permutations for why you might be in love with Bob Saget, but you know him from Full House, Fuller House. Entourage, America's Funniest Home Videos, How I Met Your Mother. He wrote a book called Dirty Daddy, and now he has a hit podcast, which I just had the pleasure of being on called Bob Saget's Here for You. And I feel like maybe I, oh, he was in the Drowsy Chaperone on Broadway. Hello, Bob Saget. Welcome. Hi,
1: Allison Rosen. Thank you.
0: How's it going?
1: Uh, It's really good, because I get to talk to you, and we're doing the podcast exchange program.
0: That's right. Um, Yes, we just recorded your podcast, and now we're doing mine, and we are warmed up, we are tired.
1: We're exhausted. (laughs) You have a little cough that's not anything.
0: It's definitely not anything. Don't be alarmed by it. Not Um, at all. So, Bob, your decision to start a podcast, tell me about that.
1: I didn't – well, it was interesting. I was doing stand-up, and I, I felt a lot of people upset in the audience and uh, you know, just at each other a bit. And I, I always have a diverse audience everywhere I go. And it. I wanted to bring people together, and, and it just felt like the right time. And I mentioned it to my agent, and then we figured out what company I was going to go with, and I wound up with Studio 71, who I love very much. And I was in studio. We did a couple episodes in studio, and I went, "Oh, this is going to be fun! I'll I'll drive into you know into their offices and go in studio." And then after two shows, they said, "Oh, we're on lockdown," and they brought the podcaster board to my home, and that was it. I just started recording from home and doing what you're doing, which is zooms. Mm-hmm. And it was it it took me a couple shows to figure it out, but I've been. You know, one of my first jobs was on the CBS Morning Show, which was on against Good Morning America and the Today Show. So I was kind of broadcasting when I started. So, um, you know, I've always dabbled. But this is, I really love it because it's conversations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like I'm here for you and you're their new best friend, you know. So it's being accessible.
0: I was here first and now you're like doing my thing.
1: I did not want to be their best friend. Um, <laughs> I wanted to have a, an interaction with them and then we move on. I but, see. You're like one and we're, done. We're, right. But, but <laughs> I'm a one night stand podcaster. <laughs> I actually love it. And I do have things that happen when I sometimes call people once a week on my podcast. And I do have things where I, I have connected with them. One guy does a podcast in London. And uh so he's, he was on my podcast because he called in and I'm going to do his podcast. You know, there are connections that get made. But when I talk to you, it's like when we're able to see each other again, when life is a year from now or whenever mm-hmm. it is where we're all out and about and you say, hey, I'm not doing Zooms anymore. Come to my home and we're going to do this. Uh, so you start to feel like we're friends. It's funny. After you did my podcast, I was telling the audience, the, the people listening, uh, that – you know, we're, we're friends. But then I went, wait a minute, don't push Bob. Don't say that you're friends. Just say that we're acquaintances plus, you know, (laughs) because we, we, we don't hang out or anything, Mm -hmm. but we know each other and we're comfortable talking to each other. So that's something that I love about doing this. And I have gotten closer with people from having them on the podcast.
0: That's kind of the amazing, weird thing about podcasts is that you jump in with someone who in regular life you don't really talk to. I mean, you and I exchange exchange DMs and tweets and stuff every now and again. Um, but no, we don't hang out. But I hope we will someday. But There's um, a double
1: date in our future.
0: Thank you. But y- you jump in and all of a sudden you're having these really meaningful conversations. I love it.
1: Right. And that's what great you know you look at the people that have been the be- best broadcasters um you know howard stern became one of the best interviewers of all time um and i mean it's an it's a wonderful warming format mm-hmm. it was free radio and then it turned into satellite radio and then podcasts were coming up at the same time as satellite radio was coming up and you've been doing this for so long and i feel like i've been doing it anyway mm-hmm. so it's like not an it's not a big step for me But it is in some ways because it's this machine that runs itself. And then you realize, oh, I'm on, you know, 60 episodes. I'm I'm a newbie. But, (laughs) you know, it's still significant because that's, you know, it's it's nice. Like people that I didn't know I had a connection with that I'll ask on Twitter. And all of a sudden, Jake Tapper is on my podcast. And our mothers worked together at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And my mother would tell Jake's mother, that my Bobby's going to be very successful in show business. (laughs) And he said he used to hear stories about me when he was young.
0: That I listened to your episode with Jake Tapper. Um, I love that you guys know each other. It was such a good episode. And there was something you were talking about with him that I wanted to ask you about. I do still want to circle back (laughs) and ask you more questions about about your podcast, but I'll just jump into this. So you guys were talking about um, news fatigue, I feel like fatigue is a theme of you and me that, that today. Is, that
1: is, well, I think every, and every, we're all, you know, I, I hate to say this, it's going to sound really gooey <laughs> and woo uh, wooey, but we're all connected. Mm-hmm. And we're all part of the, even the people that are really angry, um, no matter where they are and they're mad and they're hurting or they're sick or they're just, just angry people that who were abused by their dad and yelled at him. Sun, so the sun, right. you know, wants to get a flamethrower, you know, <laughs> and, a, and a funny car or a truck and, I don't know, tailgate. <laughs> Tailgating in COVID tonight at nine. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we are under fatigue. We're yeah. under uh, uh, stress of the media, stress of life. But this is wonderful. And and talking to Jake, I was concerned for him and because... Mm. Uh, and Lawrence O'Donnell's a friend of mine, um, and I had him on the podcast, and and I'm concerned for him, you know, uh, and people go, wait a second, these guys are, you know, I mean, I'm even concerned for, uh, I was watching John Roberts on Fox, and he he had a meltdown. He said, I'm sick of this, you know? Mm. Oh, yes, I he,
0: saw that. That was like a what, powerful moment.
1: He wants to give facts. And every yeah. network has their agenda that you have to follow. And then Chris Wallace will come out and go, but this isn't true. This is what's happening. Mm-hmm. So you have a journalist that's employed by the big brother, and you want to, I mean, the, peop- the yes, there are people that are just giving us uh, propaganda-fed messaging. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people that are really, truly journalists. Right. Um, so, and, sorry, go ahead. And compassionate. Compassionate about what's going on
0: so you were you and and Jake were talking about just wanting the truth if, we, if someone would just come out and say the truth and you were saying that you really don't like when people aren't truthful you really don't like hearing lies um, i was lying when i said that <laughs> <laughs> I relate a lot to that though because when I'm getting conflicted messages, I like I feel it in my body. I just I don't always know immediately and I don't sh- I don't start with, "Oh, that person's lying." Instead, I'm just like, "Why do I fe- why am I confused?" It, like I have a very visceral response to bullshit. Um, where does it come from in you, do you think?
1: I lied a lot. As a kid. Really? And I lied. Yeah. I probably lied till I was about 40. Huh. Um, 64. That means I spent a lot of time lying. I mean, I would cover up things that I had done that I'm not happy I did. Or I would just omit. By omitting, mm-hmm. are you lying? By evading an answer, which we've been watching a lot on the news. Right. You know, don't, you're not answering the question. But sometimes people don't have to answer the question. I just had an interview. I was trying to promote my Scleroderma Research Foundation benefit. October 18th, um, srfcure.org. But, it, but I was promoting it uh, with a well-known uh, newspaper, and they tend to go for the, the juicy tabloidy stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were asking me questions like, I, I don't want that to be in the headline. Mm-hmm. So then I, because that, that's not, why are you doing that? I'm, I'm talking about a disease my sister died from. But it doesn't sell anything. What kind you know, of
0: stuff were they asking you about or do you not want to say?
1: I don't want to say because I actually, the person was kind enough. Okay. And I know the person, the, the reporter, or the writer, sorry. Um, and um, it was conveyed that if they're going to lead with that or mention it, that certain topic, that I, I'd, please don't run it. Mm. You know, I'd rather you not run it. I'm fine with it. I'll talk to you in the future, but I this I'm just not in the mood. Right. I'm just not in the mood to not just get the sincere message out. Mm-hmm. And so that's it's a righteous indignation, I think, that a lot of us are having, and a lot of people on all the networks are fed up. And it doesn't matter if they agree with my thoughts on anything, but they're fed up. You know, uh, I hate to say the right and the left, but that's how people look at it because it's they're doing it as though you're a passionate. Yankee fan and you know, the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. So they hate each other when Boston and New York go at it in baseball, sometimes people can be just flat out violent over mm-hmm. it. And I'm passionate about baseball sometimes. And my mom would say, I just want both teams to be healthy, you know, <laughs> and that's how I look at this. I just want both, both sides to be healthy. And that means mentally healthy too. Mm-hmm. And so I have a real problem with hate rhetoric and I'm. I just. Ha- I. Ha- I hate hate. So that's a positive. <laughs> if you cancel hate. S-
0: so, uh, what made you stop lying, or omitting?
1: It. It's exhausting to cover your tracks. It's really exhausting. But, but we're in a world right now where, uh, you know, we watch the president lie, and then the president uh, says the next day says a teleprompter reading of the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, not lately, of course, because he's. But maybe now. I don't know what's happening this minute. Everything no. changes every six hours. <laughs> but I just—it's—it's it's bullshit. It's just—it's garbage. Yeah. And and his supporters say, well, of course he's going to lie. I mean, they're all lying, and there's truth to that. Yes, both sides are evading answers. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but you know, flat out lying when it comes to people's health. And the reality of what things are—not that you know, uh, cortisone, prednisone—is the solution. It's a band aid and it's temporary. I'm I'm concerned of, of his health because once that stuff wears off, or you can't take it anymore, or if he keeps taking it, it that's really bad for you. So right. I, I have issues. I, I don't want anybody to die. You know,
0: that's very magnanimous.
1: Am I lying?
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you? so this is
1: no no but sometimes in the day you have those thoughts and you know revenge is not as satisfying as you would think it would be like somebody that screwed me over in show business really bad a couple people here and there and then i see that they're gone you know they've been canceled or they're decayed or Mm -hmm. they were a producer that died with no money or they died wealthy but nobody loved them and you know, and they hated me, or they kept me from doing something, and mm-hmm. chose someone else who was bad, you know, or whatever crap people hold on to who screwed them over. The the revenge is, I guess, it's sweet for some people. I mean, I guess some people somewhere in bars are toasting and going, "Yeah, he's dead, hooray!" <laughs> you know, I just don't operate that way. Yeah. I look at it all as a human tragedy, and then I want to see people uh, grow. And evolve, but that's really hard because the human race is very seriously flawed. Like some people have six fingers. I don't know if you know that.
0: Like cats.
1: Yeah, cats have six fingers. I'm glad they don't have fingers.
0: <laughs> right? How many Think cats do you Think what they would have? do. I don't have many... any. Didn't you have a cat? No, I have a dog. And I remember, oh. I re- But I remember you commented on how there was dog fur all over my shirt. Yeah,
1: I needed a Benadryl. I needed. To <laughs> oh, take did a Benadryl. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah no, yeah. it's just
0: I just have a, a a dog that sheds.
1: What kind of dog is it?
0: She's a Cavalier King Charles. Spaniel. Oh, that's what I had. Oh, really?
1: My my dog Alan there's a picture of him up there. I could tilt over. Is yeah, it, tilt.
0: A, Let's get uh, get, get your a, tilt he on. Was a, he was
1: a. Oh, I'm wired. Hold on. Oh, I'm wired for you. Over there is a picture up there. Oh
0: yeah, oh, Alan Al
1: Cavalier King Charles. My daughter painted that, and That's the one beautiful. above it is my dad. And my dad was shooting grapes out of his nose to make everybody laugh. Uh huh. And the the grape hit Alan, or <laughs> King Charles Spaniel. Oh no! I don't know why I love King Charles Spaniels. They're
0: Maybe really I, sweet.
1: I don't know. Oh, they're the best. He he died at nine years old, sadly, of cancer. So I had to take him for chemo and radiation and it's really a hard thing to do you make a choice and do that and he had kind of a quality of life but it was pretty Mm -hmm. selfish in a way to i thought we could cure him you know there's always that hope
0: it's so so our wendy that's our current cavalier king charles spaniel is our second we had one before her named oliver who we didn't have children at the time so oliver was like our baby. I mean, we yeah,
1: absolutely our
0: bond with this dog. We are totally bonded with Wendy. We love her. She's our dog. But Oliver was like our son. Sounds um, like
1: Oliver is is the one, and Wendy's just here to be a placeholder. She's, she's got big just...
0: big paws to fill. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> what?
1: How old did Oliver live?
0: Well, it's a sad story. He was attacked by another dog. Um, yeah. He only he was one when he died. We lost him as a puppy. What? It was really awful. And, this is horrific. Yes. Um, and we had so much trouble. Like, I was just so bereft for so long. I went to a, I saw a little sign for like a pet loss group, pet loss support group um, right. at the vet. And so I started going to this group, and then I brought my husband with me sometimes. It sounds and like a
1: sitcom. It sounds like. This I know. A, it's it really like a does. Shit, it's a shit's creek kind of
0: thing. <laughs> it really mm-hmm. is. I mean, there was someone in there who was really sad because he had stepped on his beloved cockatiel. Oh, God. Oh, I had
1: a cockatiel. I, I knew did you were going to go. I knew you were. You did? Yeah. We talked about this. Did we? We did. Mine was Caesar. He lived 14 years. Who was yours?
0: Mine was Allie, and she lived like eight. I can't remember how long she lived.
1: My mother Wait, Did you killed- say 14? Yeah. And he sang Havana Guila, he whistled Havana Guila and and hello Dolly cuz my mother's name was Dolly. Uh-huh. And then he would say what's the matter boy? Hello Bubula.
0: Oh wow. And then
1: one of my sisters hated him and taught him to say fuck you.
0: <laughs> Mine never talked. I think the females don't talk as much.
1: No, they or have those red orange cheeks.
0: Right. Oh, I feel like she, but I remember I bought a cassette. It was like, it was like, hello, baby. Hello, baby. <laughs> hello, baby. And it was like, you just. You a, should
1: do a, voiceovers, animated voiceovers. That's <laughs> amazing. What is that? Is that a Teletubby?
0: <laughs> and you were just supposed to play the cassette, like in a room with the bird. And it was supposed to teach to talk, which she never did. But anyway. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Back to the Pet Loss support group. And then we can move on to something later. The Pet Loss support group. Everyone in there felt guilt. If if their dog or cat or bird it was just dogs, cats and one bird, um had died of a natural death at like nineteen or someone had, you know, put their dog their sick dog to sleep at twelve or whatever it was, whatever the circumstances, they felt guilt. So what you're saying about feeling like it was selfish of you to keep your dog going, like that is if you had decided, I think that, you know, the dog's quality of life is deteriorating, we should put the dog to sleep. If you had done that earlier, you would feel guilt about that. Like there's just no getting out of it without guilt. No. I think.
1: I would like to go to that pet support group and just get a pet as a joke, like bring a hamster <laughs> and you know, or after he passes, just bring him in a shoebox, you know, and just say Sounds like a bit on jackass or something. It sounds yeah. mean.
0: I know, I know. I mean, that's pet. like... You
1: don't want to bring a dead pet to that group.
0: Prob- probably not, <laughs> no.
1: Here's here's my sparrow. <laughs> you just find something, you find a dead rat in your yard and bring right. it in.
0: Right, Um Like how, I've always found taxidermy to be creepy. How do you feel about it?
1: It's fine with human beings, but I have a problem with animals.
0: <laughs> I draw the line at roadkill. But that's something... My
1: dad used to actually say... Sorry to interrupt. My dad... And I have to finish because it's crazy. My you dad to. used to joke when he didn't like somebody, like his brother-in-law, my Uncle Danny was a, not a good man at all, a mm-hmm. bad man. And my dad said that when he passed away, uh, that he was going to have him stuffed <laughs> and, and put in the doorway as a hat rack. And I said, well, if he's so horrible, why would you want him in the house? He said, just make him feel good to see his ex-brother-in-law. <laughs> just, not ex-brother-in-law. Dead. Deceased yeah. brother-in-law. Deceased. And just throw his hat on him, you know. <laughs> and he said he wanted to be stuffed, my dad, when he passed away. And I, I didn't do it. I just thought it was wrong.
0: You can't <laughs> actually do it, right?
1: No, you could probably. No, I don't think you can pay somebody to stuff a person. <laughs> right? I don't think. But there must be so many that did it. I mean, it's like mummies,
0: right? Did you? I mean, wa- Somebody
1: crazy people must do it.
0: Did you watch The Great on Hulu? It was about Catherine the Great. I want to watch
1: it. Um, I haven't gotten into it. I, I just haven't yet. I've been going through so much. Do You like
0: it? Yeah, we. I liked it. We watched it. But there's like a a stuffed, but in a lucite th- in a in a chamber. There's a stuffed person in that. Wow.
1: Was yeah. she just Looney Tunes, Catherine?
0: No, no. Her husband is kinda Looney Tunes, but she I mean, I think this is like a it, it's a very fictionalized version. But uh. she's uh she's whip smart and on it and, and quite a female icon.
1: And and who plays her? A very known person.
0: Elle Fanning. Right. Who's Dakota Fanning's sister, who's she's yeah. really good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So Bob Saget. Let's <laughs> get can we go back to the lying for a minute?
1: Anything you want.
0: Okay. So the lying, um did you have strict parents? Were you trying not to disappoint them?
1: Very much so. My mother was like a lot of parents where didn't want to hear it. Mm. You know, if you were gonna say that don't say that, Bobby. But my dad would egg me on with his braunchy sense of humor, but the more she said don't do it. The more I would do it, mm-hmm. so, but she was a good woman, she had a very hard life. she lost four kids, all told wow, um, yeah, um, and so i'm the only one, and so I became you know deified to her, so I didn't want to disappoint, but i also there were times where I really didn't like her because she kept repressing me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we know what that does that causes rebellion or sadness or mental health issues if you're repressed, but I've been fortunate, you know, and then I've had therapy, right, which helped me. And so I did lie a lot. And then I would lie about other things throughout my life that, that I, but it's just exhausting. You know, you really can't, if you're really a, a moral person at the core, it's very hard to keep up. And all kids lie and they all, everybody, because mm-hmm. who tells you not to? Right. You know, unless you're, get into Pinocchio which is like my favorite Disney film oh really because it's based on that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know that's that's why it's Spielberg's favorite uh Disney film also I've read because you know it's it's about one of the biggest things that people do that is and we're living it right now you know we're living a lot of lies right now and we all need the truth you know
0: um was there a turning... Because you, you say that it stopped at age 40. Was there like a turning point? Did something happen? Did you bottom out, etc.?
1: Yeah, I actually could... I had um, like a mini meltdown. You what know, a happened? midlife crisis of sorts. Well, a lot of things happened. Um, my ex-wife and I separated. And that was, that's one of the hardest things that you can go through. Um, also, uh, the loss of two sisters... Uh, the other twins that my mother had were before I was born. And the hospital had dysentery, so babies died. But I never met them. But the boy had my name, and I was born two years later on the exact same day. Oh,
0: my it gosh.
1: He was named wow. Robert.
0: But So um, it was girl-boy girl, uh, twins, and they never made it home from the hospital? Oh, that's no, so awful.
1: A bunch oh of God. babies died. So it's similar to your um, King Charles Spaniel. That's right. Not having a chance to even live,
0: he didn't even. I yeah, he didn't. We didn't. We don't know what he what he was going to be. Who, he, he was, was going to be, be a
1: love. Their love. <laughs> yeah, you know they really are. Yeah. That's why dogs are. I don't know. Okay, so it's God backwards in English, and then I wonder what dog is in every other language. Is it God backwards in their language? I don't think that happened. that No,
0: way. no, because it's pero in in Spanish
1: which is like a parrot. So parrots are like god. No, wait, that would be a dog. Is there a bird dog? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I'm like I'm like the kid in school that doesn't know any answers. <laughs> so I I I lied a lot and it got me nowhere. So now I'm the opposite. I I cannot lie. So it's you like said liar that- liar. liar, liar.
0: You said that you had like a little melt, a meltdown, a mini meltdown. You and you separated from your wife, which was or yeah. divorce, which was very tough.
1: Yeah, and it was hard on the kids. That was the hardest part. Yeah, because they were young. They were four, seven, and nine, and um, that's young. And you know, you don't even know who you are. Um, I was married at twenty-six. Oh wow! So we had a, we had a fourteen-year marriage, and uh, she's a great mom and we are friends some people go oh, we're friends but it took a while for it to evolve into a, a true friendship but we we know each other and you know and my wife Kelly is totally cool with it and Good. um yeah i mean it's like it doesn't happen that often because and it took a while mm-hmm. it, it you know it, life is difficult um especially relationships when they change and a lot of people i think during this time quarantine they're like people are breaking up you know mm-hmm. Or they love each other. I know a lot of people get getting married right now. Three people in the past week are getting married that I know.
0: That's amazing.
1: I'm really excited about it for them because it meant that they spent so much time together that they liked each other more. Right. Or they just can't have sex with anyone else. So they said, oh, let's just lock it down.
0: (laughs) They're just really loving the one they're with. Right.
1: I think quarantine could last 20 years. Want to get married?
0: (laughs) Um. To whatever extent you want to answer this, what happened with you and your and your ex-wife?
1: I think we just became who we were. I became more of who I was. Um, and I, I just changed. And my midlife crisis is like 50 years long. So it's a very huge chunk of my middle <laughs> life. I got to the point when I first was single... Um, I'd never really been single because we met at 17 years old. Oh, wow. So uh, we di- she dated another guy for a while, and while she did that, we were still kind of almost boyfriend and girlfriend during that period, and I tried to date a couple people, but nothing really happened. So I got married at 26. Is that the baby crying?
0: Oh, that's... that's <laughs> You can hear that. That is my toddler singing Let It Go from Frozen.
1: That's so cool. <laughs>
0: I'm hoping that the audience isn't hearing it
1: that much, no, it just sounds like a little chirping okay it's yeah, it's
0: cute he's it's not very a, he's not. he's very into singing. Let it go. He knows all the words, he knows all the the movements it's uh it's very sweet. This is the first time it's happened while I've been recording.
1: Does he sit and watch Frozen?
0: No, not yet like. Not all the way through. He also doesn't really under, he'll say, he'll, he'll ask, like, what's happening now? What's happening now? And, and then I realized just how dark. And I thought Frozen was very good, but like, oh, the parents are going away. Okay, the parents died in a, you know. Um,
1: I, I didn't love Frozen. I think it's more of a, a girl's a, movie, I think.
0: Yeah, it, it has, it's very. Because it's about
1: empowerment. Of, of 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 a of a girl.
0: Right. It's very popular with toddlers of all genders. I don't know why. It is like it's a phenomenon. Like I remember I posted something on Instagram and someone's like, oh, he's at the frozen stage. <laughs> like it is a phenomenon that toddlers for some reason just love let it go. I don't know, it speaks to them. Um so he just wants to watch the let it go sequence. He doesn't want the one with words on it. It's on YouTube in both ways. So we watch Let It Go and then he sings it and then he wants to watch it again and he wants to watch it again and again and he sings every time. And it's gotten louder and louder. And my husband apparently just bought him a Let It Go sing-along microphone and I was like, oh, we didn't. We don't need that. We don't need it to be louder. It's already so loud. Oh, And speaking of noisy things... My husband and I switched back and forth uh, uh, in the morning in terms of who takes care of them in the morning. And I was asleep, and I heard a noise, and I thought it was my alarm, and it was my son playing harmonica. That was a gift we didn't need. And I can say that because my husband got it for him. If it was a gift from someone else, I would be like, oh, thank you so much for the thoughtful, noisy gift. <laughs> so he plays what? harmonica.
1: Oh, that's not the instrument to give him?
0: No. What's like a good, quiet instrument?
1: Trumpet? <laughs> um right. yeah, revelry in the morning yeah um a quiet instrument i guess like a little banjo or something but he'd pull yeah. the strings off i mean a little not a banjo a ukulele or something
0: right he has one of those that's that's tall that doesn't wake me up you don't um, want a
1: slide slide whistle would be wrong yeah and you don't want a little drum or uh a cowbell
0: <laughs> no. Oh imagine that. You know Well all
1: those Fisher Price toys, when I was a kid I remember them actually. The ones that had the all like the gym that has all the stuff, but there's mm-hmm. musical ones and you hit different things and it's like you know, the farm.
0: Yes. The thing where the- you tip it over and it's like Murr.
1: Yeah. And you and things you crank and it's loud. It's so loud. Yeah. But kids like it. I mean, you know, the adults can't just walk around whining. You have to let the kids enjoy Okay. I hear that. Do you have a baby goat? <laughs> <laughs>
0: hang on hang on one second, won't you?
1: Okay, are you gonna beat him? <laughs> <laughs> so you were able just now to reason with him. You were able just Thank now you. to reason you were able to reason with him just now and say, I'm recording. And he understood what recording means?
0: Oh, he understood what recording means, but he said, I don't want to go inside. I don't want to be sing quiet. <laughs> so well, that's we'll, honest. <laughs> that's, <laughs> He's, he is honest. So we'll right. see. We'll see what L- happens.
1: Lying would be, okay, I'll be quiet. And then it just gets louder.
0: Yes. I don't think he's quite reached that stage yet so we'll see what happens um i hope everyone enjoyed that little show that they may or may not have heard i suspect they probably did um i i only heard
1: you talking and i i did hear him retort with something uh, some kind of sound
0: yeah no i mean the singing before the noise before yeah Uh, that Um, was not that that was
1: not that loud okay good that that wasn't a
0: Okay, good. So I would
1: leave it all in. I wouldn't cut any of it. I mean, I'm just sitting here looking at my phone. Maybe a slight trim, (laughs)
0: but
1: I think you should leave and come back.
0: Maybe I like. Do people
1: not know this is edited? Do they always think?
0: Mm, I think. I mean, it's really not very edited, but stuff like that. Same with mine. I try not to
1: edit it. I try not. Right. It's usually me that says something terrible, and then I say, please remove that one thing. It's really horrible.
0: Or I'll be like, shoot, I lost my train of thought. Will you take that out and make it look like I know what I'm saying? Like, I'll do that. I'll do stuff like that. Um, I will – flub because I do my ads live, and so I'll flub a line in that um stuff like that we'll have them take it out um right so back to your podcast though bob saggett's here for you so <laughs> it wasn't something that you decided to do because of the pandemic you had already decided to do it yeah
1: i started doing it i started doing it i, I was looking for, i did a um a demo of it i think in december mm-hmm. the of, of 2018 No, oh, sorry, of 2019 what year is this um, i know it's
0: so confusing
1: before before the uh, the next eclipse, where all the planets align, and something weird happens, <laughs> right? And and a bus from space hits, you know, the middle of the country. But um, a flying bus—that's my flying premise. space
0: bus, <laughs>
1: right? That's what, that's the new thing that they're gonna push. Space space, space bus. <laughs>
0: so
1: yeah, I, d- I decided to do it. I was starting to do it, and it's something I always want to do. There's no reason not to do this. I love it, and I can do it no matter where I am. I can do it. Um
0: and did it start? I know that you call people, but then you also have luminaries such as like Allison Rosen on um did it start exactly did it did you plan from the beginning to do both?
1: Yeah, at first, I thought I was going to do three things. I thought I was going to do monologues, mm-hmm. and then I realized not everyone is Bill Burr, not everyone <laughs> can wake up in the morning, talk for an hour, an hour and a half, and be unbelievably clear and brilliant Mm -hmm. um and I tried to do it I did it I think in the first episode and then I tried it again and then I went I could do this I could talk but it's much better to have a, a true discourse right a real conversation so that's what that's what I love about it is that so then I started having just wonderful people from all different walks of life and you know I had Stamos as my first guest because that's a prerequisite. John Mayer. (laughs) Tiffany Haddish was great because I had um, actually kind of, I guess, tutored uh, at the Laugh Factory. I would do comedy camp on Saturdays with kids that were trying to do stand up and they were from the inner city Uh and they didn't, some of them didn't have parents. And Tiffany lived in her car for a little bit. Yeah. I did comedy camp and, and, it was memorable for both of us. I hadn't seen her in years. And when I saw her at Jeff Ross's house one day, I just hugged her for like five minutes <laughs> because it's look at that, you know, to come out of where she came and she wanted to be Richard Pryor. And she said that. And I said, we'll do that without the drugs. But, um, right. I, I, I like that role. It's funny. Cause I've on the sitcom, I would, bark sometimes at playing the clean freak hugger. Mm-hmm. But I do love being a father mm-hmm. a lot. And I don't mind if people look at me as that father figure. I was I saw a TikTok because, of course, I'm on there because it's so subjectively wrong to be on there just because there's spyware and whatever people say. But mm-hmm. Dr. Phil went on there and said, I'm not your father. And so I did a split screen with him because I don't mind you know being people's father, not right. literally, I don't have a lot of bastards out there, but I mean, I don't, I, I, people could use a good role model and Mm -hmm. I've learned to be one. So that's, I think, as I've gotten older, I've kind of grown into accepting that's part of my role as a father and as a person. when I'm at my best, when I'm not a grumbly, annoying complainer, you know? Did
0: you resist it at the beginning?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because here I was, a dad on television with a 10-year-old daughter and I was 30 Right. So nobody did the math, you know. So Danny Tanner was twenty years old, and I'm playing the Richie Cunningham part, the squeaky clean guy. Um, and I, if I was doing it now, I played a dad a couple times in different shows, because uh, you know, you look at me and I'm I'm a dad, you mm-hmm. know, or or a, a pretty brash, horrific person, you know, that <laughs> I've played in other things. There's no middle ground. I don't get it. I'm either a murderer or I've played a murderer on several things and and you were mentioning Drowsy Chaperone. Have you seen that show?
0: Yes, I when I worked at Time Out New York, I interviewed you for Hot Seat, which was our celebrity Q&A on the back page for Drowsy oh my Chaperone. Mhm. Way back when. You were in a car heading like up to upstate New York or something, and we talked on the phone, and then wow. I saw I loved Drowsy Chaperone. Drowsy
1: Chaperone's a gift. It's one of the most beautiful plays Bob Martin is so brilliant. He wrote it. He starred in it. I closed it. I'm a closer. (laughs) And uh, Kevin McCullum, my friend, produced it. Also Bob Boyette, who produced Full House. Mm -hmm. So there's no... And and Fuller House. So there's no... It's a small business, you know? And when you have relationships with people that mean something, they're real. You know? And you work with people... I'm lucky that I get to work with people that we truly have affection for each other. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Sometimes it doesn't happen, but... I don't usually have disingenuous relationships with people I work with. I try to really make it count. And most people, almost everything I've done, I've stayed in contact with. A couple of projects have been so difficult and the duress was so strong that those are the ones where there's not always a good you know, mantra around. And those are hard Right. For people.
0: Um, speaking of things that are hard... If you think you may be depressed or you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, BetterHelp offers licensed online counselors who are trained to listen and to help. You talk with your counselor in a private online environment at your convenience. BetterHelp counselors have expertise in a broad range of areas, including anxiety, grief, depression, LGBT matters, family conflicts, self-esteem, and more. Uh, You can easily schedule secure video or phone sessions with your therapist, plus exchange unlimited messages. Everything you share is confidential. If for any reason you're unhappy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time at no additional charge. I think that is so significant because – during this time, people might be concerned about starting up therapy with a new therapist. Oh, what if it's not the right fit? What if I am I committed, et cetera? You're not with BetterHelp. They, if you don't like your person, they will find you the right fit. Um, BetterHelp is an affordable option and our listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code best friend. Get started today at BetterHelp, betterhelp.com slash best friend. Talk to a therapist online and get help is there are you a that's timid- a wait wait yes. I, can,
1: I, can i address that yes you that's can. so interesting and it sounds what we need what we overlook so much and i've had so many people in my life one of my sisters was had a lot of mental health issues and she died at 34 um so it is so not there's still so much of an onus on mental health and people mm. don't they're ashamed or they're stigma or they don't the stigma, or if they have help, they don't want to stay on their meds or and people don't even forget meds, they don't even want to go to therapy
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and they think it's so I don't need therapy, and they just talk the ear off of their friends and they do it with all their friends and I had an instance where a couple of my friends said, I can't take this anymore, you need to get somebody, and one of my friends oh really said I've got the person for you and I ended up well I had one therapist when I was going through my real traumatic 40s trying to figure out myself and life mm-hmm. and and divorce what led up to it what follows after it anybody that's had it it's really really hard um, and then then I was at that place where you asked me at the very beginning what happened you know what was the meltdown mm-hmm my biggest meltdown probably was in my fifties. Um, wow, everybody's younger than me right now. I just totally am older than the world. And I was trying. I like to book my own stuff sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I have travel I have people that do things for me. But I was talking to you, or off off the podcast, that I like to send the files. I like to right. do that. I like hands-on stuff because then I know there's no mistakes. Mm-hmm. And and of course I have great producers, so there'd be no mistake. There's a leaf blower out there. Can you hear that?
0: A little bit, yeah. It just makes me feel better about my child earlier.
1: <laughs> Do you want me to close the door? I have a door uh, that I could close.
0: Yeah, let's see if that's any better, because I am okay, hearing hold, on. It. hold on. That's better, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't hear it.
1: Yeah, so you have a that's door. a good door. They're going to come by. They, they like to go around wherever I am. They're like sneaking after me. <laughs> like, <I'm laughs> it's befud. like
0: paparazzi leaf blowers.
1: So later in my 50s, I had a a, a, a real confusing time i'd been through a couple of girlfriends and breakups are hard you know it doesn't matter but uh nothing's harder than divorce or or a long relationship meaningful one you think it's meaningful but it's it's a lesson you know it's all lessons i guess and i i was trying to book a flight i like to book flights Mm -hmm. it takes longer to tell someone for me in my life right you know it sounds like i'm pointy toity but i mean i could have someone book it but then I go on, I was on American Airlines. I was sitting there and I was frozen. Mm. I could not, like, oh, the musical. No, I couldn't, <laughs> I kept Ooh. singing that song. But, but I couldn't book the flight. I didn't know that, I could not literally even put the date in. So now there's people that are listening or watching and they can't function. Mm-hmm. They have hit a wall. They don't. We don't have the bandwidth. Things hit everybody. And we're watching it with the disintegration of well known people that are doing things right now in our world, running things. And I just called my friend and finally called the therapist and I started to go in and try to get to the bottom. And it took me about a year to get myself back together again.
0: Mm. Can you hear
1: him now? I think he's I think he's just I don't even think he's doing a leaf blower. I think he's just brought an engine over.
0: Just revving an engine,
1: holding an engine up to the windows. <laughs> but but the th- the therapist really really helped me, and um, actually I'm gonna probably call him after we're done.
0: <laughs> that experience of feeling frozen, um, was it like a panic thing or yeah yeah
1: it was it was multiple things. It was panic. It was it was just complete. And I think a lot of us feel it right now because of quarantine, just stunted. Just, I literally am not going to go forward. Mm -hmm. It was, it had fear, and we're all getting a lot of fear based messages thrown at us right now. And we're scared Mm -hmm. because some of those things are going to happen, you know, that we're scared of. Yeah. Uh, And then I just literally. I'll never have love. I'll never, you know, mm. uh I'll, you know, are my kids okay? You know, all everything. It just was compounded and became this big difficult. But I've had a lot of hard times in my life. I lost both parents, I lost both sisters, you know, a lot of relatives, a lot of friends, close friends died. Um and that happens if you live long enough, but they were young. Mm-hmm. They they died a lot like of people died too young. I think so. So that was probably my PTSD catching up with me.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Does it sound like I'm sitting on a riding mower?
0: <laughs> it is. Well, I'm just thinking what I'm hearing through my headphones is going to be louder on your side because you're recording. Like, is it loud? It's loud where you are, right?
1: It It is, but this is a very directional mic. Okay, so you'll good. probably be spared
0: okay, as long good.
1: as it's tolerable for you. And they're... They're going to stop. But I think people like that. It's a soothing hum.
0: It's like white noise. Yeah. It's white
1: noise. People will eventually, oh, he's literally, I, I see his hat. <laughs> he's literally right there torturing purposely. He knows what I'm doing. I mean, is, I, I, I'm i here. I'm holding a microphone.
0: I take it personally because you're on my podcast, you know? I bet he didn't I, I do this, this when you were on it. shouldn't be the-
1: happening. To, no, but the, they show up late and I forgot. I feel bad about it. And they're very nice people, incredibly nice. It's going to go away now. Okay. I think this is part of the thing, and you put it in the description.
0: <laughs> right, maybe episode, I will.
1: Bob's fighting now. We're now we're clean. You have okay. nothing but clean sound now.
0: Oh, good. Now we've got amazing audio. Um,
1: if he comes back again, it's my mother's ghost just trying to turn the you know the knife in the back.
0: <laughs> um. The compassion that you have for people, your your uh, feelings for humanity, wanting to connect with people, feeling you're being a moral person, a good person, etc. It um, sounds
1: so gooey, doesn't it? It would turn off every Gen X and millennials. Like, <laughs> oh my God!
0: No, I'm Gen X and I like it. Uh, but no one gives a fuck about forgetting. Gen X anymore.
1: No, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> What's the new one? What is it?
0: Zoomers, uh, I think. Cubie. Zoom. <laughs> I think they call Zoomers. Um,
1: There's pubies. Those are people that only have one pube. <laughs> pubies. <laughs> There's scrunchies, people that are obsessed with tying their hair back.
0: Yes. <laughs> I was a scrunchie. I was a scrunchie in eighth grade.
1: There are scrunchies all over this house. Really? From daughters and my wife. There's and now, are they scrunchies. current
0: scrunchie users? Or, like, scrunchies are having a comeback, right?
1: Well, I don't think they've ever gone away. Sometimes it would just be to hang out at night, you know, just to hang out. Because they're soft. So mm-hmm. they're not like a barrette.
0: Right. You don't hear you know, a lot about not- barrettes these days.
1: No, it's really sad. Um, I grew I up in bad.
0: a barrette time. A, tr- a scrunchie. Like, I was there for the turning from the barrette to the scrunchie.
1: The 50s. I have pictures of my sister from the f- 50s and 60s, where she had the pointed glasses, completely awkward, the uh, dippity do hairstyle mm. that flipped up, and uh, Sandra D, people wouldn't know, but that kind of hairstyle, Patty Duke show kind of hairstyle, again, dating myself, which I did a lot when I was single. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, the barrette would get the hair clamped to the skull.
0: Yeah.
1: It's almost like nailing it into your head.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> So what I was going to ask you, and then we're going to take some questions that people sent in on Patreon. Um, I was going to ask you this: this like compassion and sort of open heartedness. How much is that a res- ha- Have you always been that way, or is that a result of ex- of the grief and loss you've experienced?
1: That's a good question. Um, definitely calling my therapist. <laughs> I, I, my dad was like that. My dad was Your dad who wanted low. to
0: stuff his brother?
1: Yeah, he wanted to stuff his brother, but that was out of compassion for all of us who had to put up with this <laughs> this not good pig. Um and you stuff a pig. Everybody does. Yeah. Uh if if it's, you know, Thanksgiving and you I don't think you stuff a ham, you stuff a turkey. Well, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, he was both. <laughs> my, my, but my my dad cared about people so much it's part it was part of his makeup and people some people thought it was creepy because he would and he was very funny a very funny man but like my uncle had a heart attack my great uncle and he was uh, the other one was not so great but this one was a great one and we were at Cedar sinai my dad and i were in an elevator and there was a lady there crying a stranger my, we hadn't seen her in the waiting room or anything we'd been there all day because we loved my great uncle bill and and my dad sees this lady crying, and he said, um, "Has anyone? It's really weird, but I'm going to say this." He said, "Has anyone? Excuse me. Has anyone told you that you look very lovely today?" Oh, and but it's really creepy if you know out of context, but yes. coming from a man that was in his late 70s, it wasn't creepy cause right,
0: he was trying the to the make her feel The older they better. get,
1: the less you think they're going to pounce you because what are they going to do? <laughs> Were, you know, right. you know, have a heart attack if they attack. But I was standing there, and and she looked at him like she was just talked to by an angel, and she Aww. made eye contact with him, and, and she went, "Thank you very much," that's very he sweet. was. It's it's the indirect way of saying I know you're in pain. Um, and it's a way of taking someone's mind out Mm -hmm. of their pain to tell them that they're okay. Yeah. So there's an angelic quality to that, and that stuck with me, and it's so funny. People go, oh, God, I'm becoming my dad. Well, if that's the kind of person I become because of my dad, then that that enriches my life, Mm -hmm. if I can be like that. An empathetic person who tries to make people feel good, says stupid stuff. I mean, he would make jokes at funerals of, of my sister. You know, it would be people would come over at my sister's funeral and, and the jewish people have the shiva mm-hmm. afterward which uh everybody gets the shivas after they watch frozen but that's <laughs> i didn't mean to go off subject off topic but people would come over to my dad and go oh my god i don't know how i'm gonna live without her and then my dad would go yeah it's not easy. <laughs> he just <laughs> he just lost his daughter. Yeah. And, he would, and then he would go, you want, you want something to eat? There's, a, there's food. <laughs> Norm MacDonald had a, has a great story. He was at his dad's funeral, and it's complicated, his, his life. Um, and I don't think he talks about it very much, but he had a bit in his stand-up about it, which um, was that he's at his dad's wake and the body's in the living room. And he's looking at his dad's body and a guy comes over and says, uh, do you want a sandwich? And he says, I don't know. I'm just, i just standing here looking at a dead body. Uh, he goes, well, what do you want to eat goes, I don't know if I want a sandwich. I mean, I'm his <laughs> dead body, you know? So Norm is able to do what a lot of comedians can do in only the only way he can and look outside of, the whole pain of the situation and it's a survival mechanism and it also helps to look at things. That's why comedians are so important and Mm -hmm. I think treasured by so many people is they're able to look at things from a little bit more even outside of the outside right? and go, okay, you know, at least we're not, you know, I don't know in in a, in Germany during world war two getting bombed. Mm -hmm. No, but we're in our, we're in our, uh, our bunkers is the big metaphor of the time, and hunkering down—you know—all these expressions for this time that won't be forgotten. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is—it is a war, a pandemic is a war. Mm-hmm. But you got to believe. I don't. You know what's? I, I got this. Is something that's been on my mind. A lot of the people that don't believe in science, their favorite movies are Star Wars and yeah. all the Avengers movies, and all of the stuff that is the future. They love science fiction. Science fiction movies are the billion-dollar grocers. Mm-hmm. And so that means that all of the people that don't believe in masks, that don't believe in science, that won't take the the uh, antidote, the um, what the do vaccine. you call it? The, bag? <laughs> <Yeah>. the
0: antidote.
1: <laughs> I'm not tired. I need the antidote. I'm Dr. Jekyll. <laughs> I must turn back into Dr. Hyde. Um, Mr. Hyde. Oh no, Mister Hyde's the bad guy. Doctor Jekyll is the good guy.
0: It's it's interesting because Jekyll sounds more evil.
1: It does. They, yeah. they made a mistake. It should they, have been Mister Jekyll would... and Doctor Hyde. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk to that. Writer.
0: We need to. Yeah, I will find him on Twitter.
1: Okay, is that Victor Hugo? It's somebody good.
0: Is it Victor Hugo? I don't probably know.
1: not. I don't know much. I, mean, I don't know much about learning in books. <laughs> but um, but back to that kind of a person that doesn't believe in science, but then. Darth Vader, and Mm -hmm. here we are in a world where Darth Vader seems real. Right. And and, uh, I don't know. And anybody that kisses his ass or he'll destroy them. Yeah. I mean, Darth Vader would use his will to run the galaxy. But I don't know if you've seen the films, but it, it, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, right. Now he's young. Ah, damn it. I'm so confused where they left me off.
0: I saw, I saw. Oh, no. They
1: went into the future. Oh, yeah, yeah, they went in the future. Darth Vader is dead okay in the, in, in the the most the new recent
0: ones. I'm not yeah, caught I, up i saw i've seen I saw the one with I saw the original trilogy I saw the one with Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman, and then I saw one other one, and I think there's been two more. I don't well, know Yeah, I, I mean,
1: Did did you see the one with Harrison Ford as an adult and the one where Carrie Fisher had passed away, but they went and used, were able to do all this computer generated no,
0: stuff No, I saw the one before that.
1: It was quite beautiful.
0: Maybe I need to go see it. Oh, maybe I yeah. did. I know. I can't remember. I saw the one with with Ray and John Boyega. Boyega. You know what? I'll figure it out after. Um, yeah, I'm actually
1: looking it up because I have that you have okay. to watch it, and I have to tell you which one to watch. Okay. Um, okay. Here we go. It's with Adam Driver. Um,
0: I saw. I did see one with Adam Driver. Well,
1: there's two of them or three of them. I don't know. I hate to.
0: Maybe I, I saw Star Wars Hope.
1: fans. You need to see the Adam Driver ones, and you need to see the last one. Okay. So I can't go through all this. It'll take a year, but it was really, really strong. Mark Hamill. There's a. There's. It's really special.
0: Okay. So. I'll see it then. Um, so listen, I take questions from listeners over Patreon, yeah. patreon.com slash Allison Rosen, um, behind the scenes content, bonus episodes. I, I do three to four bonus episodes a month. I cannot mentally commit to saying weekly, but it's essentially weekly because like this month, I believe it will be four. So it's, it's weekly. Um, you get Thursday show videos. This video though, you can see on YouTube, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. Please subscribe. I'm basing my self-worth on that subscriber number currently. Uh, and we have a song. When we
1: ask, we send them in. They'll wonder and how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans.
0: All right. Lisa Lowry mm. says, Question for Bob Saget. Okay, this is going to take some explanation. Do you have any lube friends? A callback to a Thursday episode where you decide the degree of friendship based on how you react to seeing lube out at their house. So I told a story about, <laughs> I saw like a bottle of lube just ha- just sitting on someone's nightstand and I was like, I don't think I'm at the, like, I think they had forgotten to put it away. I was like, this what is- were you
1: doing in their bedroom?
0: We were friends. That was the question. What were you doing in their bedroom? We were, it was like we were younger when you go over to people's houses way more often and stuff. Okay. So we okay. were friends, but I still was like, my eyes. <laughs> like, ah. Um, but so that was the question. Like, what were you doing in their room? And she's like, oh, so you were friends, but you weren't lube friends. <laughs> like, oh, that's like so funny. Yes. Yeah, so do you have any lube friends? Friends where if you saw a lube out on their nightstand, you wouldn't feel like, oh, I just saw something I wasn't supposed to see.
1: I, I don't go in my friends' bedrooms, but I would expect to see it in a couple of my friends' bedrooms. Okay. Um, I have a gallon of Wesson oil by the bed, <laughs> and we have a slip and slide uh, also on the bed and oh. a kiddie pool. So we're ready. We could do a perfect. T-shirt contest and ro- and ba- and make corn. I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's perfect. Corn
1: oil. We use corn oil. I mean, we by myself. She's mm-hmm. out of town. <laughs>
0: Okay. (laughs) Celeste Riley says does and this also has explanation. Does Ben Fold send him funny things through social media often? Background. I was at a Ben Folds concert in Seattle about four or five years ago and everyone at the concert was instructed to laugh at a joke with Bob was instructed to there's like a word missing, to laughing at a joke with Bob Saget as either the subject or the punchline. Ben Folds wanted someone to post it to Twitter or YouTube. Is there a backstory to this?
1: Trying to think. We've been friends for years, and I've even gotten on stage with him and sung with him before. I did one thing where I was uh, streamed into his concert on the screen, and that might have been it. I can't remember... What that what the context was, but I know that I've been we've it, it wandered into each other's lives on stage before, mm-hmm. but I can't remember the pure context of. It. But I would say every time I've ever been around him, he has a canister, a belt canister with lube in it.
0: <laughs> so he's a lube friend. There he you just, go.
1: He's, he's, he's one of my lube friends. It, I, he actually wrote uh, you know the song "The Luckiest" about how lucky he is to have lube. <laughs>
0: it's my of all the odes to lube that's my favorite Um, It's beautiful
1: that they wrote that back in the renaissance
0: yes ode to lube it's ode to lube on a lute it's played on a lute (laughs) um okay let's do some just me or everyone this is where people send in things that they think or do and they wonder is it just me or is it everyone and we weigh in i believe you this will come back to you because you've done it that's cute
1: i have i Uh, like this
0: we have a song for this one too
1: Sometimes I
0: ponder on Something I have thought or done Is it just me Or everyone (laughs) Okay. Cho to Joy says, Is there anything louder than pulling packing tape from the roll? Hashtag just me or everyone. Um, It is awfully loud. It is like like the most staccato fart, like being ripped from a butthole.
1: Yeah, I don't mind that. Actually, if you're using packing tape as a waxing product on your butthole, you can save money. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's a just me that that person thing because I don't really use that much packing tape. Is this person on the run? Do they like not <laughs> right?
0: Do they, they live are- in places
1: like a month?
0: If they are, their packing tape is going to give them away because people are going to hear it. they Are going to know
1: if they're worried about packing tape? Either they work at a USPS store, <laughs> you know, or, or they are or UPS store, or or they are moving and uh, someone in the house is packing boxes. But you can't really be mad at that. That's part of the circumstance. Yeah, it sounds really just very very uh, single. It sounds like one person going through this. It doesn't sound like a lot of people are Mm-mm. hearing packing tape all day.
0: They could, but we'll we'll find out. Kills frog says, "Just me or everyone?" I wish Halloween lasted longer.
1: Yeah, but they kill frogs. I mean, you know,
0: <laughs> right?
1: I'm not I'm not a Halloween fan. No, me neither. You, you, why not? Why are you not?
0: Because I scare really easily, um, and so I don't like any horror movies. I don't like Halloween horror nights or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and then also, I don't love. Figuring out and putting together a costume, so I just I don't right. know. I just don't have the bug the way like my husband loves it, my kids love it, not me.
1: What about the haunted mansion in Disneyland? Isn't that different?
0: That's different. That I can tolerate. Although I did yeah. go through a phase where I was afraid of it, but um, but I've no, I've been on that like so many times that that doesn't. It's really scare amazing.
1: Me. I yeah. love all Disneyland things.
0: Yeah, I
1: don't like Halloween because as I got older, you're in costume, and it's like if I'm going to be in costume. That's because I'm working, (laughs) Yeah, you know, put on this costume. Okay. So I do it. I get to do it, but I don't, some people love it. And I, 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 you can't, I mean, I have problems with it. Like I have a neighbor down the street and even though people probably won't be trick or treating, I mean, I don't think they should. Some people will, we know the places where they probably will. Mm -hmm. Cause we, um, I don't, I mean, as long as you don't come in contact with anybody, but I wouldn't want candy in my kid's hand right. coming from God knows where. Not that droplets are going to go through a Tootsie Roll, but we've already had enough problems with that. But there's someone on the street that must spend hundred grand every oh, wow. Halloween on decorating their mansion, and it's got everything on it. I mean, it looks like it's done not Scary Farm or something. And I just go. Please, just give that to charity. Mm-hmm. Just give that. There's so many people that need help right now. Please don't do that to your house this year. And yeah. I haven't driven by, so I'm avoiding it. I don't want to see that hundred grand spent. I mean, trucks and she's out yelling at everybody. I don't think her yelling husband at them saying is- what. Unpack it. Hang that witch higher in the oh, tree. You know. oh, wow. those lights don't hit the ghosts right. You know, and the <laughs> graveyard is—it looks like haunted mansion. I mean, mm-hmm. it's quite astonishing. But uh, I don't know. I hate to be Scrooge-like on it, but it's about goblins and ghosts and witchcraft, and I don't want to go back to Salem where they burn people for being yeah. evil. They should just put them in jail. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I agree. That's not with the
1: you. answer. That's not the answer you want. I agree
0: with you. They should give that money to charity and also let me know where the house is so I can drive by and look at it because it sounds amazing. I'll text you. Um, okay. Leela <laughs> Rolling Stone, just mirror everyone. When eating a hot dog, must apply condiments in a zigzag. When eating a burger, the condiments go in a spiral. No. That's accurate. That's not how I do it. That's how you do it.
1: No, but that's how it's presented. And that's how, you know, that's how Snapchat does it. Yeah. Well,
0: there you go. How-
1: but that, that is how you do it uh, artistically. That's how you commonly see it presented in a yes. place that's you know, a famous hot dog place or a famous hamburger place. Right. Um, I, I thought it was going to be more about how you eat the hot dog. Do you hold it in your hand and then force your head down onto it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not or- these days.
1: No, no. They just move it right up. The hot dog just shows up in your mouth. You didn't even know how. <laughs> then you wake up and go, "Wow, is Bill Cosby here?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, wait how how would you apply the co- the condiments to your hot dog? And
1: well, I'm order? pretty quick at it. I I pretty much go in straight lines because mm-hmm. I don't want the stuff to be all over the place while right. I'm eating it. Yeah. So I try to not put too much on mm-hmm. either, and I try to get it to go into the bread. Yes, I was a deli-, deli clerk for six years. By the way, I'm pretty proud of it.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, that's what I've been doing these past six years. <laughs> no, no, I did it when I was uh, 15 <laughs> through college. I did it.
0: Did you like it? I, I,
1: well, I did it through college, so I didn't have a college life. You know, I I lived at home and and went to film school and worked in a deli. So obviously, I'm multifaceted.
0: That's right. There and are I, a lot of people. Go ahead.
1: No, I have nothing to say.
0: There are people though who feel like, um, there are people who feel like their time waiting tables like really gave them, you know, valuable lessons and stuff. A
1: hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, being one of the best ones is to be a carpenter or something. You know, or or to do I don't know to work with kids. You know, there's so many things that are so valuable that people do that they're going oh, but I really want to do this and I really want to do that, but. I, I did get valuable experience out of being a deli clerk. I mean, there's comedy involved. I was always on the microphone at the back of the store. <laughs> I was getting yelled at constantly. I did crazy stuff. I had a lot of problems. But um, it was it, it was, you know, the people that really do those jobs that really contribute, like when you find out someone's an actor or an actress, but they're, they're teaching or they're a nurse mm-hmm. and they, they're they're getting through life and supporting themselves with that vocation, but they really want to direct or right. act. And it's like, okay, well, this will be invaluable for that. Life experience. There's nothing like life experience to help you if you want to do the arts.
0: You know what I wanted to ask you? This is uh, unrelated to what we were just talking about. Um, when you were last on my show, which is now, I don't know, a while ago, there was a right. movie you were working on that was about addiction. Yeah. Whatever happened with that?
1: That movie uh, came out and oddly enough, it was the company Redbox that has those Redboxes. They wanted to become Netflix. Oh. And so they paid for it. And they, they and we made this movie called Benjamin. And it's really... Uh, it was a very hard movie to make. We had a low budget. We had a 15-day shoot. Mm-hmm. But I had the best cast in the world who were incredibly patient. It was... Uh, Rob Corddry, Kevin Pollack, uh, Marilyn Rice Cub, um, uh, my God, Dave Foley, Sherry O'Terry. Amazing. Max Max Burkholder played Benjamin, uh, who was a young kid that we thought was on um, meth. And uh, that was kind of the premise. That's why the movie got an R rating. There's really no language in it. Mm -hmm. I think there's one F-bomb. But um, I was directing it and... um, acting in it and I really
0: did you play the dad wanted,
1: I did and I wanted, it and it's available right now you can see it on um, you know Apple iTunes Hulu it's in all those places and um, we it came out in 2019 and it was it was a labor of love and it took a long time to get it made it took seven years to get the thing made to get mm-hmm. it financed and I had a good producer Nicholas Tabarrok and I, I love the script is by a guy named Joshua Turk And, uh, you know, with movies, you really want to knock it out of the park, but it's really hard. So that one was a labor of love that I'm – it's one of my kids, you know. I'm proud of it, but, uh, you know, it's not one that is on the tip of your tongue. So obviously it was a movie that some people liked and some people – I don't know what they said.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) some people liked and some people were wrong.
1: Yeah, well – You know, everything's an acquired taste. If I had to do over, there's so many things I would do differently. Um, But with a budget like that and with the favors I was getting from the actors, Rob Corddry just wanted to play the part and wanted to work with me. And I I think he uh, still feels the same way. He's a real, he's a special guy. Mm -hmm. And Mary Lynn is is incredibly talented. Oh, and Perry Gilpin. Perry Gilpin. uh, Oh,
0: yeah.
1: She's wonderful. She played my, uh, my estranged wife. So to- it was a kind of a comedy with some drama to it and I, I wish I could do it again, remake it and use that as a rehearsal with all the same people.
0: I need to go watch this movie.
1: I'm sure it's it's cute. Really it's cute. Uh, I don't want to say it's cute. That's never a good sign. When anybody ever says, "Oh, it's cute." Uh, oh, okay. That's that's what I'm rushing for. But Max Burkholder, <laughs> you know, is really good in it and you know, it's one of those things that you're trying to do comedy and drama. So um, I still want to remake it. <laughs> I want to remake my own movie next year.
0: <laughs> Maybe you should. No, I <laughs> got other really. things. But, yeah, no, don't.
1: But it's no, don't, Bob. I saw it. But um, <laughs>
0: no, 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 I just mean don't, don't. No, it's uh,
1: hard. It's hard to act and direct in something, and I had a, such a large role. Also, I think I would have loved to have directed someone else, but um, it wasn't for the lack of trying. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it, it's it's hard to get anything made, and then you hope it's really good that's the hope and sometimes there's these little treasures you know that come out i i have had a lot of people that just love the movie so that, mm-hmm. that's always heartwarming that they got it and they and they really enjoyed it and it's a quirky it's a quirky movie but i'm um, sure
0: i'm going to love it will i think it's cute i don't know
1: no it's actually it's, it's got a dark sense of humor to it and it's it's now um, you'll let me know You'll I'll let, let you know. know. You know, after you watch all the other shows, you haven't watched Ted Lasso yet, right? Oh, no, no, but, but I heard it's really good. It's wonderful. Jason Sudeikis is just—it's—it's it's a love letter to strength and cheerleading and helping people believe and believe in magic in a way—not magic, but believe in positive. It's the power of positive thinking, is what it is.
0: I need to watch Ted Lasso. I need to watch Cobra Kai.
1: Well, I don't know about that. I mean, oh really? I, I got well. It started hard for me, and then I started to love it. And mm-hmm. then I was like, the second season, I'm like, when is this going to get good again? Uh. And then I thought it did. I don't want to, I'm not giving any spoiler alerts. It just, it came in waves to me. Um, and it's like, I mean, it's 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 a huge accomplishment. I mean, it came out of nowhere. It mm-hmm. was not on Netflix, you know. I don't know what it was on. It was on like-
0: YouTube.
1: It was a YouTube show. And- you know, they're wonderful. Um, oh, what's the actor's name that played uh, the head of Cobra Kai? Zabka? Yeah, he's so good. He's so good. And when he doesn't get a show that's focused on him, it's just, not, and Ralph Macchio is just, he's such a sweetheart, you know? Mm-hmm. So those, those two guys are what you're showing up for. And all, all the people work really hard and there's some really good actors in there. It's just, I don't know. It's funny, we all turn into critics. In, in, in quarantine, everybody is just two TV critics.
0: Well, the thing is, my husband and I, we don't have a lot of TV watching time. And we both have like, oh, we both are jockeying for like next time we'll watch this, next time, we'll, you know, for our next series. So I have been pushing for Cobra Kai and he's not very interested. So maybe- He, it- he
1: would like it, I think. I mean, it, did he like Karate Kid?
0: Yeah, but he, what does he want to watch? We need to. We want to catch up on Better Call Saul. Like we fell off with Better right. Call Saul, so we need to watch. Yeah, that. I've
1: got. I got to get on that. Yeah. The
0: last season of Leftovers we haven't watched. He for years was trying to get us to return to The Americans, and we did. And we caught. We've watched all of The Americans now in quarantine, and that was very worthwhile. Have you seen The Americans? No. Oh, it's so. Do you know? You know it, right? Carrie Russell, no. Matthew Reese. It was on FX. Oh, I need to watch that. It came out in 2013. Um, Is it a little like Homeland? Is it that kind of thing? A little. A little bit. Um, well, I... In fact, wonderful? the guy who played... Um, you have Jenny. I forget his last name. The guy... Who, did you watch Homeland all the way to the end?
1: Yeah, what happened was I had never seen it. So last year... No, I'm sorry. Quarantine. Mm-hmm. Last Last year. That's where we're at. <laughs> Last year, April, um, <laughs> I uh, my wife did me a treat. She'd seen a couple years of it and watched them over again with me. Oh, that's nice. And we watched all of it, all nine years of it. And we couldn't stop. We I, just watched.
0: I it's loved a, it.
1: It's amazing.
0: So the guy who played Yev, I can't remember his last name, but the, like the, the Carrie's Russian friend who's sometimes not her friend um he's yeah, a- Costa yeah. ronin he's also in the americans it's, it's i don't know how much i'd say it's it, yeah it, it's not completely dissimilar but it's really good it's really good so yeah, a recommend lot of people that. have
1: told me there's a lot i mean i just finished watching euphoria which is pretty hardcore
0: oh yeah we watched the first episode Did, would you recommend returning to it
1: i would i found it a very interesting mm-hmm. series I also really liked uh, Brave New World.
0: Oh, I don't even know what that... Is that based a on the book?
1: Uh, it is. It's a series based on the book and it's 10 episodes and they do the book. And huh. then uh, they're talking about another season, but that's going to depend on COVID and all that stuff. But they have to write notes from uh, Huxley mm-hmm. uh, and then um, and it's Alden Enright and... Um, and Demi Moore it's really oh. strong How did really you strong Totally
0: miss that
1: It's really good if it's, if you have Apple TV it's uh, I just loved it I just really loved it
0: Have you seen or heard of Pen 15?
1: No, oh yeah I've been watching it. Yes. We're we're four episodes in it spells penis you know.
0: Yes. Are you um, four episodes in the first season or second season?
1: First season. Oh uh, the I'm, fir- I'm, it's
0: so good. We just finished the second season.
1: And is there are there only two seasons right now? Yeah,
0: the second season just came out. I found they're
1: so talented, so it, good. yeah.
0: I loved the first season. The second season is good. It's a little more um it's heavier, I would say. Oh uh, good.
1: Well, yeah. it started to get heavy in the last one I watched because when you're dealing with what happens to people that age
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the pain they go through especially as an outsider nerd played by older people who have the intelligence to really show you what a younger actor doesn't have the understanding usually, except for the few exceptions to be able to play. I mean, it's not everybody is, um, Oh, stranger things, Molly, um, uh, the, the star of stranger things, not, not Winona Ryder, but the young girl,
0: the one who plays Nancy,
1: everybody's favorite gal. Um,
0: I only watched one season, but I think I know who you mean.
1: Oh, uh, uh, Brown. Um, Oh, you know her. You've seen her on everything. You didn't watch Stranger Things?
0: I watched the first season of Stranger
1: Things. But then you saw it, so you know who I'm talking about. She's, um...
0: Oh, oh, oh. Bobby Millie, Millie
1: Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. When I look at a picture of her now, she's she's a woman. Yes. So the show hasn't been on for two years, but it's going to be three years by the time they're able to do it. And she's just a lovely young woman now. So all these kids are going to be like, it's going to be like Nancy Drew and the Hardy boys. Nobody knows that reference. It's going to be I do <laughs> Tom Sawyer. No, nobody knows that reference. It's going to be whatever it is. They're, they're, they're grownups.
0: They're growing up. I know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, uh, yeah I love with Pen fifteen or penis um how the two leads are in their thirties, but look convincingly teenage, I bet all the other kids are played by kids,
1: yeah, it's really special, and the the um you know, you know what since I got my Google out, let me just do it. you know, let me just tell you their names because okay. my daughter went to school with one of them oh. and and I asked her. About her, um, uh, Maya, uh, Maya
0: Ersk- Erskine or Erskine,
1: Erskine or Erskine, and um, Anna Konkel is the other uh, adult mm-hmm. playing a child, a uh, teenager. Sorry, and the kids are good. All the kids They're are so good. good. But Maya went to school with my oldest daughter, and it was so nice. I said, "I really like this show," and she said, "And you know what, Dad." Maya's one of the good ones.
0: Oh, good. M-
1: meaning meaning what we've watched happen with so many people that all they cared about was getting in showbiz. And once they finally did, they became even more obnoxious <laughs> than, than they were. And yeah. I, I think this time is a, it really is a, a time people are in check with who they are as a person, especially yes. in a business that has no tolerance for this, this crap anymore. I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. getting called out in a big way for being rude or being evil or whatever, or how they've treated people. And I have no room for it. I've never had any room for it, but I hate that somebody, a friend of mine, um, I had a a production designer once that said to me on a thing I was directing, he said, there's an asshole on every movie. I just hope it's not me. (laughs) And I've been that guy a couple times and not,
0: you've been the asshole
1: a couple times in my life. And I, I I regret it, but sometimes it was because I couldn't... I I was breaking down because there was so much going on and so much was being done wrong, and so I Mm -hmm. wanted to fix it. And so it was my fault half the time. It's real hard. You want to go back and do do do-overs of behavior and things, and then other times you go, just let it go. Don't have an albatross your whole life.
0: It's tough. When it is, and I have not been in this situation, a, you know, a ton, but it's like it's your project or your name is on it. My default, I think, as as a woman and just as who I am as a woman, and when I was younger, was always to defer. So you know, you know more about this than me. Da da da. So if you think that, I'm going to let blah blah blah, and. The thing, even if my gut was saying something else, and I'm talking about like on projects. So right. then I would regret that because I would see it and it's like, oh man, I, sh- I should have spoken up about X, Y, or Z. And in a way, it gave me insight. I understand those people who come onto a set and are just awful and so bossy and so like they don't have time to listen to what amateurs think. Like everyone hates those assholes, but I sort of get yeah. it. I think the trick is... Getting what you want in a kind way
1: a hundred percent or dictating uh, which isn 't good <laughs> or or uh, you know if you 're at the top of the food chain on mm-hmm. a project, it does trickle down, so if everybody 's tense and everybody holding a walkie talkie is freaking out, especially now if someone 's lucky enough to work during covid which right. a lot of productions started and then they get shut they shut down right away cuz there's an outbreak mm-hmm. and so they have to stop for 2 weeks isolate people and then it's ongoing and then insurance comes in it's it's you know it's life in the age of covid uh, and show business is you know some of the 100 million dollar movies are having problems because of that but you have to be even more kind and more careful and i think with all the that's come out with all of the cancel culture stuff Mm -hmm. of behavior has come out and we always had tricklings of it. We'd see the outtakes of a director yelling at someone and calling them (laughs) names. And you look at that and go, wow, did you see that? Um, it's really kind of refreshing that people are a little more careful just to have a little bit better manners Mm -hmm. because the whole idea of, of directing, you know, um, You know, thank you, miss. Thank you, sir. You know, no matter who it is, Mm -hmm. you treat them with whatever address they would like to be treated with. but You treat them properly. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, it's so funny when I would read a review or you read something in the New York Times, they always call, you you know, Mr. Yes. You know, Mr. Saget. And it's like, and then they'll, sometimes it's positive. You know, sometimes it's, it's really funny when some publication, I've seen it with college newspapers and. I don't get a lot of bad reviews, which is nice, but I used to get only bad reviews. And back in the day, I was like, Mr. Saget did the worst. This is the worst piece of garbage ever. <laughs> However, Mr. Saget, please just call me right. shithead at this point. You know, don't, <laughs> don't even call me This flaming turd
0: courtesy of Sir Saget. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this hot pocket left in a garbage can. <laughs> but it's really funny that they, they dignify you and then trash you.
0: Yeah. No, that's uh, that celebrity culture in one sentence.
1: It is. And and we are, and I hate the word celebrity. The fact that it became, you know, someone's not a writer, not a director, not an actor. They're a celebrity because you get famous from something. We're not a comedian. You know, you're a celebrity. No, Mm -hmm. I don't cut ribbons at supermarkets. I'm not. (laughs) Right. But if people all know you for whatever reason, but I don't know, it, it just is weird it's just a weird word and that's what came out of the kardashianism mm-hmm. of america that's what came out of you know people being stars off the real world or people being stars off of survivor or, or the bachelor yeah yeah all that stuff it became oh you're a celebrity because mm-hmm. what what do you do do you yeah,
0: say a personality
1: yeah, and that's what you're selling, and we've always had that, but not as many avenues. Because you can literally be a star off of Instagram or TikTok. You mm-hmm. can actually become one, get a Netflix show, get you know a tour set up if you're any good. Right, and that and that's okay if someone's one of the exceptions. That's amazing. We've seen it a lot.
0: Yeah, it's a weird time. Oh, well, extra in an extra weird time in a pandemic.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's viral and viral. <laughs>
0: Bob, it was so nice basically spending the day with you because I was on your show and then we recorded mine. Um, This has been wonderful. Thank you so, so, so much. Uh, Tell everyone what to look. Obviously, they should be listening to Bob Saget's here for you, but um, tell them what to look out for. Do your plugs.
1: Well, uh, when this is running, uh, we are either right before or right after uh, October 18th is uh the scleroderma research foundation benefit you'll be able to see it on there um i believe afterward but it's live on october 18th and you can register to see all the comedians bill burr ray romano uh jeff garland uh john stamos not a comedian but he's handsome (laughs) Uh, music by john mayer pat monahan kelly clarkson and regina hall's on it and um Queen Latifah, it's just loaded with just wonderful people. Joe McHale rips me apart. Bill Burr really hurts me. Jeff Ross is very funny. Ken Jeong is, is a sweetheart. Did you
0: guys do it virtually?
1: We ha- uh, we or will you? I mean, uh, will and I did. Um, it is <laughs> uh, it's whatever tense you'd like because of the podcast realm. But it is um, a thing that I'm I was live in a studio mm-hmm. with Susan Feniger of the top chef world and border grill and two hot Tamales, And she's an angel. And we've been on the board for over 30 years. Oh, I haven't been on the board for over 30 years, but I've done, hosted the events for over 30 years. And it's all the, we usually do the events live with wonderful people. Dave Chappelle did it last year in Los Angeles with, uh, Ken Jong and John Mayer. And it was amazing. It was just so fantastic. I think Stamos also. Yes. And, um, so this is the virtual version where I was live in a studio um, at 5 o'clock on Sunday. The 18th is when it was. <laughs> and then um, on, on the East Coast, would be 8 o'clock. And So I was live, and then everything was fed in. So it was a real television show produced by myself and the great Joel Gallen. Nice. A uh, famous television show Emmy fame.
0: Yes. And so um, that...
1: That's an important thing and a cause that's dear to me. And I've got a bunch of projects. I'm on the show uh, probably right now. Uh, I can see your voice, which is on Fox Ken Jong's new show. So I'm one of the panelists on there, and I loved it. I did a couple of those. I did a couple of other things I can't talk about, and then I did a couple. Th- I'm doing do a couple things that there's no point in talking about because it's all COVID dependent. So I'm COVID dependent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: I'm so covid dependent.
0: Uh, I mean we <laughs> I mean, You should work on that.
1: Yeah, I'm going to turn that into something. I don't know what cuz covid isn't funny if you got it. For covid dependent, right? It's not but covid dependent. Unless is- you're invincible, it just bounces off some people.
0: It does it does <laughs> seem that way. I mean Anyway, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thank you. Um, thank listen you, to everybody. Alice Rose's "Your New Best Friend." Listen to "Childish." Uh, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe. No, the, I, I've been doing this for six hundred years. You
1: subscribe, I, you rate, review,
0: and download. You rate, and review, com- download.
1: Right, or re- comment and download. Yeah. You definitely want to uh, subscribe or follow and download. You want to download. It's free because it's where you get your yeah. podcasts.
0: Download wherever you get your And also watch YouTube.com slash Rosen. I'm on Patreon, Patreon.com slash Alison Rosen. I'm on Cameo. Are you on Cameo?
1: I am I am I do charitable stuff for that and I'm surprised how many people ask me to do things that are like that's a commercial. I can't do the commercial, right. but I can say happy anniversary Melvin and Millie. Yeah. You know, that's I- always nice. Or success to you guys during quarantine kind of thing. That's nice. I can you know, also
0: I can also say Whatever Bob won't do, I'll do. So come hit me. <laughs> just kidding.
1: <laughs> well, it's really weird when you when they say, would you say this? You start reading the copy and it's like, Chevy trucks are the best truck. You know, it's right. like, wait a minute. Like
0: they did a real end run around your your reps. Right.
1: If you want me to do a Chevy truck ad, there better be one in my driveway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been lucky. I have not been asked to uh, do anything questionable. I've just been asked to like, you know, congratulate so much
1: questionable i get i get things that are like because of my comedy it's like rip me a new one you know just say this and that we're having a non-mask party we're gonna oh god i'm like like, what
0: oh no I i just do that i just get like my wife has been like super mom lately and she loves your show could you tell her congratulations or like That's my nicest. husband's birthday is coming right. up he loves your show could you give him a happy birthday message it's so that easy. makes me
1: so happy and it's so sweet yeah and please don't talk dirty i get and then hi sarah i know you're six but you know <laughs> yes i was danny tanner and then and then they'll be like you know Hey, Jimmy, when you're, when you're with the boys on that virtual bachelor party, don't forget to, <laughs> you know. It's like. And if, if they posted it, I'd just go the hell with it. It's what they asked me to do. It's, yeah. You know, but I don't want everyone seeing them.
0: So there you go. We're both on Cameo. I'm Cameo.com slash Allison Rose, and I'm going to assume you're Cameo.com slash Bob Saget. Yes, that would be it.
1: Follow That'd me on it. social
0: media, at Allison Rosen. Follow her everywhere.
1: Just follow her. If Just she leaves me. the house, follow her. That's right.
0: Her. <laughs> I'm going to be heading out pretty soon. I'll see you there. Um, thank you again, <laughs> Bob. Listeners, thank you. thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye.
1: Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we got to go. Frozen is your new best friend.